The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Arlen Sudeman joins us with S.C. Stone and Arlen the middle of the week, usually it's kind of a doldrum type of day, but I love your statement today. They want to own ag, and by gosh, I mean, they're going to do it. That's what they did today, tried to own ag. Absolutely, and when you look at the fundamentals, uh, there's no justification for prices going up this far, this fast, but yet the funds want to own it, and one of the things that for anyone who's been in my presentations I've done, uh, in recent months, uh, I lay out that uh, the history of the ag commodities and when the funds are bullish to commodities, they simply interpret the data differently. And when they're bearish to commodities, the opposite is true. And they look at it through different colored glasses. And right now, the talk on Wall Street is that inflation is in the commodities. So therefore, the funds want to own particularly the ag commodities. And when you put that together with the fact that we're getting some bullish news out of the trade talks of China, the rest of the markets are kind of down here the last couple of days about the China trade talks. But with ag, everything seems to be moving forward. We have Sino Grain uh, starting to inquire about purchasing um, U.S. soybeans again. We've had inquiries about uh uh, grains buying grain sorghum, and, and it just seems to back up the talk about the growing demand that we have coming to China, uh, and uh, they want to own the ags. And so money is flowing there, and, and the commodity indices that are more heavily weighted toward the ag sector are starting to get some positive chart signals, which starts to become even more attractive toward the speculative fund money. It just kind of feeds on itself, and for now, that means that uh, we're pushing higher. Which is good news because we've had so many frustrations in the last couple of weeks when it comes to the outside market influences, the issues with China, with Japan, just everything in general. It's nice to see that we're in the hot spot, but in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. Now the day will come and that'll change. But for now, we have a rising tide that lifts all boats, so to speak. And it was just amazing today to watch how stocks were down. Now they kind of, they firmed off their lows during the day and and even posted some green toward the end of the day. Um, and crude oil was down, although it came off of its lows. But and virtually everything, for the most part, was under pressure today and kind of a risk-off environment, uh, except the ag. Now, the other markets did recover, but the ag stayed strong all day long and, and just continued to get the buy. There are some fundamental reasons to support, uh, but the funds really clung to those, and... Uh, they bought even when those reasons weren't as convincing. Looking at the corn market specifically, I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, how far we were behind. Now we've really done some catch up and now the Midwest is getting some definite warmer temperatures, some areas into the 90s plus. Can that be a dominant factor as we head into the rest of the trading week for the corn market? Yeah, they're going to look for whatever they can. And, uh, you know, it's planning delays were the story for a while. And I think USDA is probably under-reporting, based on our data, under-reporting some of the corn planting progress that we've seen in the northwestern Midwest. It's not going to be easy, but it does look like 
we should have the opportunity to get most of the corn acres planted uh, with rather minimal uh, switches in the northwestern Midwest. Uh, you indicated the weather and the hot, dry conditions in southwestern quarter of the Midwest. We should get the first crop ratings on the corn crop from USDA on Monday. And, and I think it will show some pretty high crop ratings overall. I think the corn crop will look pretty good in this first report. And then in the weeks that follow, we look for the uh, southwestern Midwest to so, show some of the effects of the heat and the dryness, really, that's focused on the southwestern Midwest. And, and as we work with our partners at Commodity Weather Group, they see, based on their study of the analog years, that that heat and dryness is probably going to stick with us into June. The heat may start to abate but the dryness will probably linger deep into the month of June. But then as we go through the growing season, uh, things start to moderate. We get more rainfall in that area and really across the Midwest, and we have cooler and more mild temperatures. And uh, a look at the 10 closest analog years this year shows uh, that every one of them um, is at or above trend yields. So we're expecting a pretty good crop. So that would suggest that if we're going to get a nice weather rally out of this market, It'll probably happen early rather than late in the season. I tell you, traveling the countryside, it is definitely green out there, and the corn that is up so far, knock on wood, looks pretty amazing. Yeah, it really does. And uh, so I think that we have to count on, at this point, seeing a trend or higher yield. And I mentioned the 10 analog years, and nine of those years had a, a yield that was at least 2% above trend, as I recall the data. Um, just one of them was right at trend, and I think that was um, back in the 50s or 60s. Uh, every one of the years, of, I think there were eight of the 10 years were 2000, uh, or 19, excuse me, 1980 and later, and every one of them was at least 2% above trend, and some of them 10 to 13% above trend. What about the dryness that's been talked about in Brazil? I know the second crop, is that going to cause for any concern? Is it kind of creeping back into some of the market talk? Yeah, and that is a factor. There, there, we went through about a 10-day period when most areas did receive some showers to kind of provide some short-term relief, but then it's drying off now again. And so once again, that is a real concern. And, and talking to our team in Brazil yesterday, they say that they're at 83.9 million metric tons, so they're still well below USDA, and, and they think that estimate has more downside risk. They'll be updating us on June 1st with their new estimate. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up here on the Fontenelle Final Bell. We're being joined, of course, by Arlen Suderman of FC Stone. We'll take a look at the happenings on the livestock side. More producer questions as well to pass along to Arlen. So I hope you're ready for that, Arlen. Oh, I am. <laughs> Stick around. We've got more coming up. You are listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Joining us today, Arlen Suderman with FC Stone as we step into part two. Uh, producer question, Arlen, wondering, because there's all this talk about EPA, the, the waivers, which plants are getting them, which ones aren't, E15, are we going to be able to have it over the summer? He's wondering, is this going to be an effect on the corn, good or bad, or maybe a little of both? Yeah, it's been very frustrating with some of the word coming out of the EPA and uh, a lot of people wondering, you know, just how supportive is Scott Pruitt of the uh, biofuel 
industry. And, of course, that was uh, an issue when he was first nominated. I think one of the positives that we take away from this is how many times this week we have heard people from the, uh, including President Trump, down through his uh, people doing trade, talking about the value of agriculture and this trade talks with China and what they're doing. That suggests to me that President Trump is very concerned about maintaining his support in the farm states coming into the midterm elections. So that sets a positive backdrop. Now, does that mean that he will interfere with uh, Secretary Pruitt and stop the waivers or do something along that line? Uh, What he has indicated a support for is uh, moving to year-round E15, which the question indicated. Uh, and that wouldn't be a mandate, as I understand it, but it would be to allow E15 sales to go, uh, the blend really to go from the 10% blended mandate up to 10, 15%, and uh, depending on the economics, in that could happen year-round. For example, right now, our Bob gasoline is trading at a 75-cent premium to what ethanol futures are trading at. So there would be some economic incentives to increase the percentage. That would then tighten the supplies of ethanol and would therefore raise the price of ethanol until they found this this level of uh, of, uh, of equalization, so to speak, price-wise, where it's economical, not economical. And basically what we think it would do is, is encourage the plants to run the full capacity, which they're running close to now, it may be encouraged some expansion of the industry as well, which would mean more corn consumption. This comes at a time when we're seeing China go to a 10% mandate as well and not have the capacity and looks like they may need to either import a lot of corn and or import ethanol. So I think the net is positive, and I think the political reality suggests that we will see support from the administration in some way to try to strengthen the support in the farm states, and this is one of the tools. Switch gears, Arlen, head over to the livestock side of the trade. The cattle market, some good gains going on, late summer, early fall contracts. Yeah, certainly was. Uh, we had just two pins, I believe it was, in the online exchange today, and, and nothing traded on those, and that, that's not really a surprise. We bounced off the chart support last week, and so we have some bottom picking coming in here, and the fact that the June contract is trading at such a discount to the cash allows it to do so. We do have the cattle on feed report coming up, and the general expectations are we're finally going to get past this big slug of cattle that came in because of the drought in the southern plains. And the placements are going to drop about 9.5% below year-ago levels. But we saw this wall of cattle in front of us. And so we're starting to work our way through that, and, and there's some bottom picking, as I said, indicating that some traders think maybe we've already priced it in and they want to start getting it back into this market. But I think the gains are going to be somewhat tentative until we see just how, how we totally handle this big slug of cattle coming on at a time when our demand is starting to back off with the strong dollar that we see that is starting to hurt exports and with the fact that seasonally demand for product just starts to back off a little bit. We are headed into a holiday weekend, and are we going to see some cash cattle pick up, or are they going to wait till after the cattle on feed report Friday? Well, that's a great question because they'd like to get it done ahead of time. And that next week's slaughter schedule, you'd expect to be slowed down somewhat because of the holiday, and we need to be slaughtering. Like last week, we slaughtered 660,000 head, and the only way we were able to do that was a very active Saturday slaughter schedule. So we're going to have to get these cattle through here. The Packers have a rule instead of near 
um, historically very high packer margins right now to incentivize them to uh, push as many cattle through those plants as can be possible and in reason to do it at a time when there's a lot of cattle coming. So it's really in their favor to keep the plants going and, and keep moving through. It's just that there's so many cattle there. I would anticipate that uh, we will see the trade open up right around that cattle on feed report. Uh, maybe I'm going to say even prior, just prior to the report coming out and then some finish up trade after reports out. Triple digit gains seen in the hogs today. And here again, a lot of it's technical in nature, riding that tide of uh, money flow into the ag sector. Uh, once again, bottom picking again, as we saw that uh, late June contract uh, yesterday bounce off the chart support. And so we saw some uh, short covering in there, some profit taking and some, some bottom picking coming in, some speculative longs getting established. Uh, here, unlike the cattle, the board is already above the cash. The cash is still moving higher. We just have to be cautious to make sure it doesn't move high too fast. What's the best way, Arlen, for folks to reach out and talk to you more about markets? IntlFCStone.com. Thanks so much, Arlen Sudeman, joining us. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.